0: Hey guys, this is Anon Chetty from Anontech.com. This is the official Anontech podcast. We're back for episode 13 in 2013. Um, we took a unexpected but but enjoyed kind of a hiatus for the past couple of weeks here. Um, joined uh, as usual by uh, Dr. Ian Cutrus, our senior motherboard editor. Hey everyone. And uh, Brian Klug, our uh, resident ranter and senior smartphone editor. <laughs> hey everyone. Um, <laughs> That's my new title. <laughs> so it wasn't totally a hiatus right um brian and i had to go to taiwan unexpectedly in in december for stuff that i think we still can't talk about but um it was a good trip i guess fruitful productive Um, that was fun
1: yeah you probably got the best of the temperatures of the year while you were over there yeah it was great
0: yeah taiwan in december is a lot better than taiwan in june for computex that's oh yeah (laughs) yeah Like I'm just constantly, because, so we do the suit thing, right? Whenever we go to, then this dates back to the, the origins of the site. I've always worn a suit when, when we go to press events or when we go to a trade show or whatever. It, it, you know, it's, sorry, because I was 14 and I needed people to take me seriously. And then it was just another way of, you know, kind of differentiating ourselves and, and saying that, look, hey, we're here to do business. We're here to be professional. Um, so it's kind we're of still, stuck.
1: We're still pretty much the only one
0: yeah i mean every now and then i see you know some people decide to do the suit but it's not it's not comfortable and it's not especially in taiwan in june it is not
1: in in 45 celsius heat
0: yeah it's bad there's like constant sweat happening um
1: last year i was trying to find a venue for a a talk a presentation and i wandered around outside half an hour in a suit well because it's not just a
0: suit right it's a suit and then you've got the backpack on with like you know Tabra, all your stuff. Laptop, it.
1: Yeah, my fi, everything else. Yeah, it's it's not. Um.
0: Yeah. Anyways, we usually arrive. Trying to be professional, but we arrive like a total sweaty World of Warcraft playing mess to every <laughs> single meeting. It's bad.
2: It's no offense really... to people who play World of Warcraft. <laughs> um.
0: So we were talking about this before. Um. Actually, just before we started recording. Um. Brian came up with the idea of. Uh, we should go around and and talk about what the best product was
2: of 2012. Um, yeah, normally I hate like end of the year lists. Like I just I hate those, but I think it's interesting. Still, I don't know. See,
0: I'm with you. I don't like the end of the year recaps. I I don't like the mainstream media yeah. end of the year recap. Recap, right? Because that's like just a recap of this is all the fluffy stuff we talked about all year, but that's it. Like it's not. <laughs> there's no right. I don't know, I don't I don't gain anything from it. Um, but why don't we start with you? What's your what did you like best about twenty twelve?
2: Um, well my, my biggest I've been thinking about this a lot and my number one thing was actually the nest. Like that definitely changed my life. You know, <laughs> and then the number two thing is the stupidest thing ever, and I think I already told you, but it's those Flint and Tinder boxer briefs. <laughs> those are like those two things have just appreciably changed the way that I live
0: no so so the boxer briefs you educated me on this when we were in Taiwan. That sounds really bad. We were at dinner <laughs> that
2: sounds really wrong,
0: but what what's they're made out of like a special cotton
2: yeah, it's supima cotton, I mean, and Pima cotton comes from Pima County, which is where where I am, so I didn't even know they had this like genetically enhanced version, and that's apparently what it's made and they're made in the u s a and I don't know. they were a Kickstarter, and then I saw um. Panzer, at Panzer, on Twitter, who I talk with sometimes, mentioned, like, hey, these are the greatest ever. And I was trying to just, like, reboot all of my... Like, some garments, you know, just, like, reboot it. Yeah. And I just decided to give them a shot. And that's definitely just changed everything. (laughs) But, I mean, it's it's strange that it's not something technology-related, you know. Except the Nest is technology-related, even though we haven't really reviewed it.
0: If someone wants... To wear Brian Klug's underwear, it's um... <laughs> they're they're on eBay. <laughs> oh <What>? God, no! <laughs> what is, so what's the brand again? Like, how it's, do I?
2: It's Flint and Tinder. F l i n t a n d e i n d e r. Okay, and these yeah. are made
0: out of a genetically modified uh, version of Pima
2: cotton. That's right. Yeah, Which and they're is... not they're not cheap. They're like twenty dollars a pair. Yeah, but it it's is it. well worth it. Yeah, but they're n- n- not.
1: N- n- now you've mentioned it in the mainstream media, they'll send you a few free pairs.
2: I don't
0: think we're mainstream underwear media, though. I don't. I don't think <laughs> yeah, that... I don't
2: think. I don't think they. I don't know. Yeah, I well, got no, some of their socks. Know, I,
0: I, so Brian, you were about to say, I don't think they listen to the podcast or read the site, but when we were in Taiwan, we uh. found out that we have a pretty awesome listener.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, and then, and then I was like, I just really need to watch what I'm saying. Exactly.
0: So, we were at dinner with uh, ASUS chairman Johnny Shee, and wow. he was like, I listen to your podcast while I'm running around, uh, I guess, doing laps in his living room. And both of us were just shocked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> y- y- yeah. Um... So, now I'm even more embarrassed. He's going to hear about what my choice of underwear were, but that was, that is definitely up there on my on my list. Um yeah. also maybe the Astro A forties, but that's just because I never really used gaming headsets until recently.
0: Yeah, you were telling me about this. You like the so the Astro A forties you use with your Xbox 360.
2: Yeah, yeah, the A forties and there's like a wireless pair. My friend, see my friend bought the wireless pair, the A fifties, and then he was like, Do you want to buy my A forties? And I wasn't really convinced because I just have all these other headsets. And, but none of them really are designed to work with the Xbox. You know, they don't have optical in. So I had this, like, hacked together thing where I took left channel and right channel. And then I went to, like, male, you know, the male audio cable. And then a female adapter on the end of it. And then no microphone. So that just never really worked well. But I finally got, like, a real pair. And they're awesome. And they work with everything. Like, it's, I wish I could use them on the podcast, but they're not isolating enough. Oh, okay. You know, they're not closed ears. They're sort of closed ears, but they're not really. It's weird to explain. I guess it's so they're comfortable. But I wore them for like 48 hours once and my head didn't hurt. That's awesome. That was just an appreciable difference. Um, Wait, 48 hours? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. It was like a couple months ago. I just went through like a weird phase where I was like, I just need to... I need to just play a game for like 48 hours. Yeah, I can understand I it can that. It was weird.
1: Yeah, I was going through a weird time. <laughs> and not you have classes to do and reviews to write?
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't really have classes. Um yeah, it was around the time of the AT&T Galaxy S3. Do you remember that? I around remember there. That. Yeah, but I played, yeah, I played for like the longest time ever straight, no joke. And I wore the A40s and there was just no like my head didn't hurt at all, which was amazing. You know, the crown? Yeah, normally it's like right there, it hurts. But I'm not doing that again. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I understand, I can relate to that. At, in December, after we came back from, after we came back from Taiwan, I sat down and I played Hitman a lot, not 48 hours, but I, I played it a good amount. But then it turns out that the game had a bug where randomly it would just erase all of your save games oh my um, gosh yeah really? so i i like i'd made it through i don't know half so that, the game and it just got rid of all my save games and uh so then i got on, really sorry go ahead is this, is this on steam no no no. so i was playing on the xbox whenever i that's uh, my right. guilty pleasure whenever <laughs> i uh whenever i try to relax i step as far away from all you know normal computing devices as possible um you, you don't so you want to be signed
2: into chat or everything.
0: No, I just I I've got the part of the office that's just computers, and I step as far away from that as possible because I just it I would go crazy,
1: I think. Um Yeah, you need to, be, to get out of the uh, I I prefer having cloud saves. They've saved me a few times.
0: Oh no, no no, so this was a uh so obviously you got cloud saves on the three sixty as well. It didn't um sorry, I misspoke. It didn't delete my
2: saves, it just corrupted all of them. Um wow how did they let that pass i mean this is supposedly validated you know what else is really buggy is um assassin's creed 3 oh really that was really buggy yeah i bought that and had it like amazon primed while i was on vacation yeah and i didn't get to play it like i just gave it sort of to my brother and he was like i'm just gonna beat it you know (laughs) like i don't know how that happened but it was really buggy. Like, really? Yeah, it, because uh, there's no Wi-Fi there, we couldn't get the title update, and uh, I just saw all sorts of stuff going on that was really,
1: really weird. Um, back when the Xbox first launched, there was a game called Bionicle Heroes. Um, I played it just for the gamer score. It was like a Lego game, <laughs> and you 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 you'd play it for about six hours, and then the save would corrupt at ninety-four percent. Um, this happened to me three times. Dude, it's,
0: I, uh, I mean, so I was into the game when this happened, and I'd been trying to play it, you know, like, that you're supposed to, right? I sneak around, I'm, like, making sure no one knows I'm there, I'm, you know, just quietly killing people. But I didn't want to stop playing, so then I just blew through the game, like, I put it on the easiest setting, and I just played it like Quake, basically, just to get back to (laughs) where I was. And I did it in, like, I don't know, like an hour and a half, which was kind of, um, upsetting like i put so much time into doing it the right way and then i just redid it in like 90 minutes um so so that made me feel kind of bad about myself but is um, how
2: i feel to... about halo 4 campaign like <laughs> really? it still sh- it still shows that i haven't finished it even though i've beaten it like four times on legendary all the way through this is terrible everybody's gonna think that i do no work i'm just gonna get all these emails <laughs> like why where's our where's our x or y that i swear uh, like well no after we got back from Taiwan I had another trip like I had one day and then another trip and then when I got back from that my my family was like you get one day and then we're going on the next trip so like it's been like one day in my house like I got a new neighbor I've never even seen the person like they they must just think that I don't live here or that I don't know what's going on you know because I literally haven't been here in like a month
0: No, so that's, I, we came back from Taiwan and I was like, well, one, you know, I I traveled a lot this year and I was hoping December would be, you know, kind of lighter on the schedule, but we did the Taiwan trip, came back and then Intel was like, Hey, uh, we're coming to your house on Friday. And, uh, this was like, you know, whatever. We got back on a Saturday and then Intel was going to be here six days later. Um, and then I ended up staying. That was awesome though. Yeah, so I want to get to that, but, but um, before we get over to that, uh, Ian, your best, best product of 2012.
1: Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go for a tech product for what I like about 2012. It was um, a special thing that I saw in Computex 2012. Um, it was like uh, 4.30 in, in the evening. It was the last meeting. I was tired on my feet. I wanted to rest. Um, but I saw a very magical mini ITX gaming case called the Bit Phoenix Prodigy. Um, which you know, I I'd, I'd seen a little bit before, but seeing one up close um made me go buy it on release day. Unfortunately, it's still in the box in the corner of one of my rooms. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it it it's there, ready to be set up for mini ITX gaming system with you know a few hard drives, ultimate land case. Look, you know, looks amazing.
0: I like that case it, a lot. Um, a friend of mine built a a system in it. Um. If if I didn't actually just throw motherboards on a test bed and <laughs> just run systems that way, that's exactly the case I would buy.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um if it wasn't a bit of Phoenix Prodigy, the most I, I I've been impressed with the uh, cheap Korean panels.
2: Yeah, the uh, nice.
1: Achieva and the CatLeap. So so I I've just bought a second CatLeap for the test bed. Um one of the multi-input ones, so I don't have to rely on DVI how does that oh, yeah. work
2: i have to agree with ian that's probably that's probably up there because i've been through like three of those you've been <laughs> like, I through three them... or you still well, have some uh, well i have i have i have a cat leap at my desk now i have an achieva in the closet because i don't have any space and then i had another two achivas that i sort of like sold to my father because he was like i want one of those yeah <laughs> and i was like i don't want to like deal with here's how you get it through ebay so i just gave it to him
0: yeah
1: it's it's, it's it, even with the twenty percent import tax that I get stung with in the UK, it's 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 worth it. I mean, the, the last one I got was um, four hundred US plus twenty percent import tax. No dead pixels, works fine off the bat. Annoyingly, it's got it's a different sized base to my previous monitor, so it doesn't line up exactly. But they're both running on different systems. So wait, did you get the Achieva or the um the Catley? Cat oh okay Yamaha. yes i've got a q270 and a q271 you should get the waste amount it's the best I, thing ever I, I i don't have a wall to fix it to
2: ah but they have the desk clamps that's what you
1: get it's all set up now i'm not going to bother it <laughs> uh, I, I i i live in a small apartment in london my space is at a premium oh right See, I want the three, the
2: three, mount, three bracket. You know, there's that one on Amazon. Chris keeps talking about it. Like he says, it's the one to get.
1: So I, I showed you this,
2: didn't I? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So that three, one I want. Three twenty-seven inch monitors. Right. Think, think of all the work you won't get done by playing games with that setup. <laughs> <laughs> I set up the three twenty-four inches once because I
2: have three of the same BenQ. I yeah. like. Tracked them down and got them, and I played Battlefield Three on that once with three of them, and that was I. I was like, this just like I will never get anything done. (laughs) I I sent a picture to Ryan, and then I put it away.
1: (laughs) Was this on your dual
2: six eighty setup? uh this was before that. I think I had two four seventies. It was it was hard to play. I had to I had to turn all the details way down, but it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, so the the main reason of getting these monitors is it's cheap and high resolution despite the fact that it's twenty seven inch. Ideally I'd like a twenty four inch at that resolution. But with with monitors these days, you know, you can't get twenty five sixty by fourteen forty in anything smaller than a twenty seven inch. There may be the odd twenty four inch monitor that's really expensive. It's with with, with all the small high you know, 1080 panels that are coming into phones that are going into you know, t- um, into tablets and into notebooks. Why can't they do a decent sized high DPI panel monitor that's relatively cheap that we can buy? I mean, e- e- even if you tape four 12 inch 1080p monitors to get your 4K or whatever. I mean
0: I think it's coming the the issue with all of this is just you know who's willing to pay for it um and and that's the right well no which which manufacturer is willing to pay to make it happen right because they they'll need to order a certain amount at a certain price point um and then they'll only do that if they feel like they can turn around and sell it right away um and it's that chicken and egg
1: problem and it it's it's, it's any any laptop maker who's currently doing a 12 or 13 inch 1080p panel in their devices could easily jerry-rig four of them together
0: yeah and just cut a bigger piece of the substrate
1: uh, uh, i mean even if you put even even if you have to put a small you know semi-transparent bezel in there or something um hmm. uh, as a first attempt as you know a de- technical demonstration you might even see one at ces you never know
2: yeah i, mean, I feel it, like that's
1: coming the, the issue, again,
2: is, yeah, it's, exactly it's, what he said. There's just no market demand for it. The PC display space is in a race to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I, I
0: think, I fundamentally believe that Apple will do a 4K somewhere in the, like, you know, upper 20-inch range in the next, let's say, year and a half. Um, for, maybe two well, years.
1: What, for about 5,000?
0: No, I think I think they would <laughs> no. introduce it, you know, at a max of, like, two twenty five hundred 2500, um, and then it'll quickly waterfowl down to 1,000 bucks. Once they can hit, because what they'll do is they'll they'll stick it in the iMac, right? And then that immediately increases the number of units you have, which brings cost per unit down. Um, and then after they do that, we get all the reject panels that'll be used in whatever the 4K cat leaps.
2: Exactly. See if they can convince LG to make it, then it's already going to be, it's going to be made.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's, they've, everything they've done is clearly in pursuit of this right all the investment they've done on the gpu side all the investment they've done on uh even on the os 10 side making sure that their applications can kind of uh pixel double and scale well and and deal with this kind of high dpi stuff um i i don't see apple just stopping at the macbook pro and saying that's the only high dpi we're doing um i i think it'll eventually come to the imac as well
1: i hope um, so i mean i i want these high resolutions but um i still whack up the uh, font size on my uh, 1080 for my normal work PC.
0: I mean, so the problem is that Apple shouldn't be the one to do it. Like, it, it's any company in the world today can go out and make this demand and make it happen. Um, but if you go to any of them, if you go to Asus, if you go to Sony, if you go to anyone, right, and, and you come to them and say, hey, look, we want you to build this this panel, um, or, or build this display, they're just going to whine at you, right? They're going to say, oh, well, we can't make money on that, and you know...
1: So, well, it's, yeah. it's, uh, the well, one of the things about CES this year is a fifty-five-inch OLED panel. We've got people like uh, ViewSonic showcasing their four K panels. You know, th- these are all high R and D, low volume sale items. Yet, sticking four twelve-inch ten eighty P panels together shouldn't be that difficult, and will sell. Well, I think cause- the issue there is always
2: like homogeneity problems. It's really hard to get four really good homogenous looking the same things without messing around with it Perhaps. that would be my guess <clears throat> well i mean and that, plus the right way to do it is controller. just to
0: to cut a big like you cut a bigger substrate right like it's i i don't see anyone so, wanting to
2: but the problem there is that it's just like yields on a die like yeah your, your yields go down i have one friend who's actually working on some lithography stuff for like uh, a major company and he was telling me that that we will be making TVs of a large size and he was telling me the challenges involved there and the way that they pattern onto it so i can definitely empathize with this is this is really hard and that's partially why you see the smartphones you know pushing these really crazy dpis and really crazy things first is because you're going to cut it up so just you can choose the geometry well, and so, then throw so, the uh, things away
1: uh, um what's what's the um Smallest size in inches retina display available.
0: Um, retina by Apple's... Well, so it varies yeah. depending on viewing distance, right?
1: No, I mean... Probably the um, iPad is pretty small. What yeah, about... Um, the, 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 that's a 10-inch 2880 by something? Uh, no, that's um uh, 2048 by 1536 at 9.7 inches. Yeah, so... I mean that that in itself is amazing. Stick that in a monitor with a with a mount, and I'll buy four and stick them in a two by two array.
0: And what are you going to drive that with, though? Right?
1: <laughs> that's a, you need like three six eighties. How oh, no, many six eighties can I get? Four. Well, no, well, no, well, no, I mean that, 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 that's a, that's a high DPI panel in a small form factor. Yeah. And so we I, haven't. And we just don't. We, I don't see that. Anywhere for sale in the monitor market. So that's going to be fact-
2: wasted on you, though, as like a PC display.
0: Yeah, that's way too small, right? Because like, what are you going to do? You'd have to uh, resolution well, double everything, and then it looks like a really small ten by seven display.
1: Well, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, the fact the fact that it is you know such a high high definition, even if you bring the DPI down by a third, and and you know, if 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 you can assume that the yields of slightly bigger panels would be equivalent.
2: Mm.
0: Am I making sense? No, I, I understand um, what you're saying. Um, I mean, what
1: possible,
2: just nobody, nobody's like, as long as people, like my, my big thing when I was displays editor was there's a very small percentage of people that really care about this stuff. The vast majority of the volume is go on new Egg, sort by price. I want this size there, boom, done. And you're in one of these like little categories of classes and sort of like just it's a microcosm you know you get compared vertically against everybody else and yes
0: when when after the uh ipad's retina display the first with an ipad 3 hit i remember i went to um all the tablet makers that we were working with and i was like look you have to like you have to ship calibrated displays you have to take this seriously now look here's your competitor that's doing it and a lot of them came back and they were like you know what at best buy people don't care Right? They don't even care no, if we they ship want an... the
2: oversaturated nonsense. Yeah.
0: And they're like, they don't even notice if we ship an IPS panel versus a TN panel. Like, they just, it's just whatever. It's going to, it's not going to impact our sales at all. So, and we're already making very little margin compared to Apple. So, we're just not going to do it.
2: Yeah. Although yes. the TN stuff in a tablet, that's really obvious off axis. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that's like the first Android tablet that I saw, the one that Vivek had. I think it was a ViewSonic, wasn't it? Yeah, I think this was so. like two years ago CES or like <laughs> something like that, and he was like, "Look at this thing!" And I remember you just tilted it like one or two degrees, and all the all the contrast reversed. So <laughs> that is just not okay.
1: Like their subpixel geometry there was just awful. <laughs> so, 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 so my my high, my thing about having the higher definition panel and why the Korean monitors have been sort of a good thing is um when when I was I I I would normally, you know, be a normal 1080. That's what all my gaming benches were to begin with. And I and I was fed up of seeing uh, gaming uh, bench results of 220 frames a second. That's stupid. Let's try and put more pixels through. Um so trying to find, you know, the next size up 2560 by 1440 ridiculously expensive anywhere. And then these came along which made, you know, that sort of making the jump to the bigger resolution affordable yeah for yeah, yeah people like me. So that's the career monitors have been a boom in that point. But now I've got the bug and I want something better to filter down into the smaller screens.
0: Yeah, I mean I think I look I think within uh, unless Tim Cook is like, you know what, we just I'm we're not gonna I'm not gonna run Apple like we did anymore. Like that's just I'm, I'm done. We're <laughs> just not gonna do this anymore. Unless he does that and and all the people that have driven all of this stuff um leave. As long as that doesn't happen, I think what'll happen is within the next, let's say, year to two years, they bring out a four K display. Um and, and then we we eventually get the the kind of the B grade panels that'll end up in the cat leaps of the world.
2: I think Ian nailed it. That's probably the best product of twenty twelve. Here I am talking about underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sitting in front of me too, you know, like I just I'm staring at it.
1: Yeah. But your underwear
2: no 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 the achieva (laughs) and the the cat leap i swear i mean i would
0: so i don't um my initial response would be i don't have a best product of 2012 like i thought a lot of stuff was all right but i i don't know i felt 2012 was more hey there's really cool stuff that's gonna eventually happen and this is all really neat technology um but there's nothing that fundamentally changed my life um if I had to pick one, I would. I would say, yeah, I think you know that you can get a good, affordable, twenty-seven-inch high-res display. Yeah,
2: that that the, That that definitely fits the bill. Um, what about LTE at your house? Didn't you get LTE this year? I did get LTE. Um, it Although still you're in a five-megahertz market, it, it's fast. It still didn't. It, it didn't. I don't know. It didn't totally it didn't change,
0: change my you? life. Yeah. Huh. It. Um, it was useful you know i, I but the thing is like LTE, i i'd already been using on the road and that's when i needed it most mm-hmm. anyways um mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean i i thought there was a lot of really cool stuff that happened um but i i don't know i just finished the review of that that samsung ative tab right which is actually it's a it's a qualcomm based the first qualcomm based windows rt tablet and i finished the review and i thought you yeah, know this is a good tablet I wouldn't recommend buying it you know if you absolutely have to have one and it's not surface you know it's yeah i like it but i wouldn't buy any of those devices now right because we're gonna have so much better
1: ones in a year right and and, (laughs) yeah like it's It's always around the corner all all the all the products that we want today are going to come out within the next 24 months
0: no i don't want
1: i don't want an 8060a thing like i want 8064
0: yeah. Well, so the other thing is like, it, it's, it's different though. Right. So Kepler, when Kepler launched, Hey, this thing's awesome. And you know what? It's going to be good enough for quite a while. Right. Like, cause the yeah. next generation is going to be like what? 15% faster and yeah, that'll be faster, but, but 680 will still be good enough. But if you buy like a windows eight or windows RT tablet, like you're already behind the curve, right? It's already too slow. It already can't do everything you need it to do. Um, and twelve months from now, it's just going to be so much better, right? Yeah. Like it's it's, and I feel like that's the case with a lot of products, you know, like the the old the the Retina display MacBook Pros. Yeah, they're awesome. Like I I love the displays, but you're going to want the Haswell version, right? Like <laughs> and,
2: classic, don't buy the first one.
0: Yeah, and it's not even that, right? So you know you you don't want to buy the first one. Yeah, the Haswell version is going to be pretty cool, but then you really want the Broadwell version, right? Because because that one's going to have all the awesomeness of Haswell, but have lower power again, right? So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and, and I feel like in a lot of these kind of really new devices that are that are leading the industry in in their respective areas, anytime you're operating in this kind of hyper Moore's law curve, I, I feel like the it's never a good time to buy, right? Like it's it's I, I'm not I'm not totally happy with any of the solutions there.
1: Well, hmm. it's it's just people testing the water, see how many get early adopted and which ones latch on.
0: Yeah, but even the stuff that ships tons of, right? So like the iPhone 5, you know, they sold a bunch of those things. Um, It's a good device. I like it. But it doesn't fundamentally
2: change anything.
0: No, it doesn't. And, and you know, I, I, I was at a, a New Year's Eve party, and, um, you know, this kid who I haven't seen for a long time, he had an iPhone 4, and he was like, you know, this is still good enough for me. And I, I told him, I was like, that's that's the right decision right like if you're i'd be like the four is so slow put that away (laughs) i agree with that right but like if you can you know if you're okay with that level of performance like if it doesn't bother you that is the right purchasing decision you stick on that thing until you know because ultimately it doesn't change you know you still send messages you still get emails you still browse the web it runs ios
2: 6 right yeah
1: uh, i've got an sgs2 i'm halfway through a 24 month contract it's still good enough for me i've played with a Nexus 7 that was nice as an android device but you know as a phone my sgs2 will be fine until people ask me to upgrade in yeah, 12 months
0: like i i have a i i you know the the reason i appreciate all of the advances in technology for all these devices that are kind of at the bleeding edge right um you know, I was the first, you know, both you and I were like, uh, hey, look, the 4S is faster than the 4. It's appreciably faster. Um, and it
2: doesn't have death grip.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I value all of those things. But if you can't notice that stuff, and that's an awesome position to be in, right? Like, huh. <laughs> it saves you a lot of money. And honestly, we're operating with a lot of these devices. Uh, the change from one generation to the next is still too significant, right? You don't want to be in a trap of... uh you know, every single year, you can notice a big performance difference or a big delta in, in something that uh, you know in in these kind of evolutionary steps. Um, sure,
2: sure. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I think the four S to the four 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 to the four S, like the imaging experience got so much better. You know, we had a decent baseband finally. Oh, I, I agree with you, right? Like I noticed all those things, and I appreciate yeah. it. I know what you're saying, but Ian, if- so you don't want to go to everything everywhere with LTE.
1: Band three, eighteen hundred. Um, I I I live and work mostly at home. I, my, my, <laughs> my, 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 you know, I I have broadband in my home. My um, if I could, we got to get you my, hooked
2: up somehow with my, with that.
1: I I I at the minute I'm probably using less than a hundred mega data a month.
2: Really, that's how much I mean, Brian no. uses, just used, like walking
0: between rooms. I used
1: five hundred five hundred <laughs> megabytes in the last like one week. Well, no, so, so so I have broadband directly into the house that does Wi-Fi uh-huh. and I can do do everything through that, and it's, that no, and it's free to me and the only time I ever need it is if I'm going to the shops or something.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. understand that. I understand that. Well, I don't um, know. I got my brother to go from an Evo. Well, I didn't. He wanted a new phone. He had an Evo 4G, which I think is ancient right now. Yes. And <clears throat> I think that's, that device was kind of a letdown after they dropped support this couple months ago. You know, or whatever. They never really, they just kind of dropped the ball on two point, you know, it was like two point three and that's it. And we're never going to give you ICS. Mm. And that was such a big flagship device, is like the competitor to the four. You remember that? Yeah, I do. It was like the four or you get the Evo. But anyways, he was like, what phone should I get? And I was like, well, here are all the Android phones. Here are all the iPhones, like choose what you want. And he went with an iPhone five. And i I don't I didn't choose for him. Like I didn't. I didn't do anything. So don't don't come at me like I, I love iPhone only because that's just not true. But for him, he was like, this is so much faster. This is ridiculous, you know? This oh, yeah, is nuts. Because the, the Evo was what? Single-course um, Scorpion? Yeah, 82. I mean, 8650. QSD 8650. So yeah, single-course 65-nanometer Scorpion with Ugh. like Adreno 200. But that was bad. That was like... That was pretty awesome back in the day. I remember it was like first one gigahertz device and all this other stuff. Yeah, we still I still had the bad taste of Arm 11 in my mouth at that point. No, that's Arm v7.
0: No, I know. But like that was anything that wasn't Arm 11 still, I was really happy with.
2: Oh, okay, Right. Well, that was like the first jump away from it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Sprint is really slow where I am. So he was on Sprint and I got him over onto my... I switched everything to the shared plan thing. Yeah, I think we gotta get we gotta. I should figure out if we can get a hold of everything everywhere and get you a device. That would be awesome because I'd love to see, like, Band Three speed tests. You know, on on everything everywhere. That's a pretty interesting
1: little situation. I'd I'd have to go around central London see what I can get. Actually, actually, what we want to do with you, Brian, is take away all your phones for a week and give you a give you a thirty three ten. Oh uh. no! <laughs>
0: he would. This would be bad. That you would know, be... I
1: have I have that one
2: phone, the Moto like Moto Phone F three. It's also called the like um, Amigo. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I remember it's that the one with think... the ink thing. Yeah. yeah, I even ran battery life tests on it. Like I was gonna review it, and I used it for a day. Like I went, I put my SIM in it, and then I just used it. And that is that was like I can't do that. <laughs> Um, there is no address book it stores all the stuff on the sim like this is the real deal <laughs> that's awesome
1: it was a limit of 10 text messages
2: it had a limit that was like 128 or some power of two that was just really low <laughs> my, 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 my first nokia phone had a limit of 10 Ah, oh, that doesn't even make sense <laughs> why, why are there so few <laughs> okay, so that that wraps
0: up 2012. Um, I want to get to to some of the newer stuff that's that's kind of happened. Um, yeah. So Ian, you brought this up right before the uh, right before the we started this. Um, some news came out about a potential Haswell delay
1: Yeah, um it came up on one of my news radars from um, a, a couple of websites for reporting this um, some leaked Intel slides suggesting that um, Haswell's been delayed by about a month um with complete restrictions on any brand advertising by um manufacturers using haswell in any type of product chipset processor all in one the whole lot um, so
0: originally we thought haswell was going to show up on the desktop in april that got pushed to may um and then i thought that it was going to show up in the first kind of like big notebooks um uh like in juneish um, so, but this, so, what what is the new data show?
1: Um, I'll just bring it up. <laughs> but 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 our whole thing was, um, it it probably needs to come out before Computex, so they could everybody can showcase everything. Um, currently we're in the middle of uh, Chinese New Year, so all the factories are shut. Um, that people, the especially motherboard manufacturers are going to have to be ha, have to have had been producing motherboards before now in order to meet an er, meet an early launch in in around April. Um, so every every all the ch- all the factory workers are going to get, get back to the factory and still have to produce more. But according to the slides, if we're to believe them, um, we and have... they do look the the slides do look legitimate. They came out of uh, what VR zone. Um, yeah, these ones have uh, VR Zone watermarks on them. And yeah, so it, it, Intel documents and presentations generally have the same, you know, same color scheme, same feel. Though they could easily be mock-ups, we don't know. But it does say no advertising or promotions to end users until the 2nd of June. No sales and shipments to end users 2nd of June. But the introduction date for the product will be 27th of May to the 7th of June. And bearing in mind that Computex goes from the 4th to the 8th of June.
0: So that would put... And and the interesting part of that is they're talking mobile
1: and desktop launch
0: simultaneously?
1: Yep. So there's about 12 12 desktop processors and six or seven mobile processors along with the corresponding chipsets.
0: So I I, I heard some interesting perspective on the desktop side of Haswell, right? So um, because Haswell integrates... Um, voltage regulators. You do lose some of the. You'll actually see an increase in TDP, right, for the for the total chip compared to Ivy Bridge, because now you have you do voltage regulation on the chip itself. Yep. Um, and you you should see a slight cost reduction on the motherboard side as a result of that as well. Although it's it's questionable whether or not that'll ever get passed on to end users.
1: Well, it it it, it det- depends on the type of voltage regulation if it's you know so voltage regulation on motherboards there's a whole range from the very cheapest one to the server grade to the high-end power stages used on the gigabyte boards Um, you know so you could end up spending two dollars on the power delivery all the way up to ninety dollars on the power delivery so if stuff gets moved on to the processor that kind of levels the playing field in that area or at least to some degree depending on how it's implemented cuz there's still going to be some sort of power regulation on the board itself
0: yeah i it's my understanding that you just deliver one voltage to the processor um and then it handles everything else but you still you're still responsible for delivering that one uh rail into the cpu
1: yeah so um in in terms of so co cu- current motherboards you can adjust you know the cpu um, the VTT or all, all the other separate voltages which all come through the power delivery if you're dealing with this one voltage then it depends on how digital the integrated voltage regulator is and how transparent it is to the end user
0: so from what I heard you're still going to be able to like do all the kind of cool adjustments and stuff like that um, the, the main benefit is uh, the switching speed is going to be much much higher um so so you'll be able to switch between voltage states um um much quicker which you know ideally at, at least on the mobile side that uh helps a lot as you're kind of quickly transitioning between high and low frequency modes or or in between
1: well that that has implications on performance um because well one of the things that i've seen on on the motherboard side is that some 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 motherboards implement a delay when they uh, drop down back into idle mode so they still keep the high speed going on um, after the call has been made for some processing load. So if you have a variable load, um, a variable workload on the processor, the uh, rather than voltage fluctuating up and down, if you implement this delay, it will stay in the high voltage, high speed state longer. So it won't ever clock down for maybe two seconds when you've got a three thread three thread load then back up to a fourth thread load.
0: Yeah, I think most of where this applies is really in mobile, right? Because on desktop, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter as much that you quickly transition up or down, um, unless you're talking ultra-small form factors. Um, so, so that would put uh, basically beginning of June for Haswell desktop and big mobile, um, and then sometime in Q3, we'd see uh, the Ultrabook Haswell stuff and... Uh, Uh, the ultx right like the the really thin you know kind of tablet convertible tablet form factor haswell devices
1: so um so what what tdp are we expecting haswell to range from and to um i know but i can't say um so intel (laughs) um
0: so so it's,
1: it's going to be about 77 to 85 on the high end
0: yeah, so the high end is 77 today, right? So add about 10 watts to that, and and that'll be the, the high end uh, because of, of the um, extra TDP brought in by the voltage regulator. Yeah.
2: Um, is the total platform, like if we're talking about total thermal energy radiated lower? It's, it's still lower, right? Um, total thermal energy radiated can because be you lower. you move the v on, I would assume it, it must be better. There must be an engineering so, advantage. So, so,
1: so 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 the idea of moving on means that you can essentially all encapsulate it under one heat spreader meaning right, that if okay. you if you if you've got sufficient cooling to push the system further or if you're an extreme overclocker having that uh, integrated voltage regulator at the lower temperature being able to keep it cool might mean you could push it further
0: So I would argue that in some of the new ultra-low volt and ultra-low TDP um, Haswell parts, obviously things are going to be like total energy uh, consumed or or thermal energy dissipated will be lower, obviously. But I think it would actually be a a tick up from Ivy Bridge depending on what you're doing. Um, Right? So if you took like a quad-core Haswell notebook and compared it to a quad-core Ivy Bridge notebook and ran like a heavy workload on it, Haswell Mm -hmm. should put out more heat. It should use okay. more power, right? Because it's it's they there's more stuff in it, right? More transistors switching.
1: But, but 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 it should also complete the work quicker.
0: Yeah, it, it depends. There's like all of that. Um, yeah, kind of balancing and that goes out, right? But but the the point is that the uh, the potential for the chip to get hotter than Ivy Bridge is definitely there. Um, and I actually don't know if the on dive regs are necessarily or on package. I don't actually know where they're putting them. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily more efficient. I just know that they're faster than the external ones.
1: Gotcha. Um, we also don't know what sort of um, thermal interface material they're putting between the uh, processor and the heat spreader.
0: Uh, yeah, so I also know that, but I can't say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would assume that that things will be better than they were with Ivy Bridge. I think that's a safe bet to assume.
1: Uh, I, I'll get my people to talk to you, your people and work some details <laughs>
0: out. Uh, uh. But yeah, so so what we do know about TDP range for Haswell is, so obviously 77 watts plus, you know, let's say 10 watts. Um, and then at the bottom end, they debuted or uh, Intel demonstrated, what, 8 watts at um, IDF. And they said, we don't know how low we can take this. Um, so obviously, that's a bit of a lie. They obviously knew how low they could take it. So I think somewhere south of 8 watts, I think, is a safe bet, um, but not tremendously south of 8 watts, right? So I think 4 watts isn't going to happen um but you know let's say somewhere in the six seven eight watt range i think i think that'll be feasible
1: yes um all the average processors are at least dual core so
0: yes on the, yeah on the desktop side yeah for for all of this i'd, I'd consider that um I, I i'm talking dual core um tdps yeah. as well um so it's also interesting because of this kind of the length of this rollout, I think we're going to see, you know, initially Intel said, "Hey, we're going to do this kind of um special 10 watt Ivy Bridge part in in low quantities." I think I think those are going to be a little more popular than we expected.
1: Not in the not not so much in the consumer space, more in the business no in in in
0: like tablets like i, right, I think yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. see we're, we're definitely gonna see like 10 watt and sub 10 watt ivs because um, yeah uh, the the frustrating part of, about all that is all of those low tdp parts um the real secret sauce with haswell is you know at least in the tablet and ultrabook space is all the connected standby stuff right driving platform power lower so you can get like uh uh you know standby behavior that's kind of like a tablet but you're still using a notebook um which will be exciting but you you don't get that with ivy bridge
1: um do you reckon you'll get a chance to do the uh power tests which power tests you, you you did an article recently i forget the name where you had a bunch of power tests with
0: um oh with the where we did the the board level
1: power measurements yeah
0: um yeah obviously that would be pretty cool to do um so there's there's more of that coming um which I, I'll, I'll get to in a moment here. I want, I want to talk about um, the other delay that we just kind of found out about. There was a Daily Tech article that went up um, today, actually, on the 3rd, um, that kind of confirms that um, Valley View, which is the SOC, the 22 nanometer next generation Atom SOC, um, that we kind of hypothesized would go into, a derivative would go into phones, Um but but obviously we'd go into tablets as well that that's been delayed um, until twenty fourteen, um, and that's a bit frustrating, right? So <laughs> <that's>... Awkward
2: silence. <laughs> that's not good.
0: Yeah, no. If it's so on the phone side, you know, Intel has the potential to have a great strategy, but they just haven't been executing, right? Like even even with uh their ffrd launch of medfield and and all the stuff that's happened like they've made more progress now they at least have a phone in the market they are
2: generating revenue but man they are still very far behind right There are like <laughs> four phones i think isn't it There are yeah they're four total yeah, I mean it's
0: it's better than they were, right? But these are none of these are phones that are hero devices. They're not. No. Uh, I, I put this in the category of atypical of Intel, right? So if you look at, you know, that, that's the kind of litmus test for Intel. You know, you look at Intel success in the desktop CPU space. You know, they always own like the top five spots on any chart, right? Um, so if something isn't like that, if Intel's playing in a space and they're not like that, then I, I list it as atypical of Intel and, hey, look, you guys need to fix this on a management side. And the phone strategy totally falls into that space. Um, because I think when, when, Brian, when you did the Medfield piece, uh, you were like, hey, this is good for, you know, kind of a Galaxy S2 class competitor,
2: but we already, I mean, we're on the verge of yeah. Galaxy S3s. You know, and it's still, it's actually very performant. You know, I still have the San Diego And that got pushed uh, some like ICS update of some kind. The skin is horrible because it's the San Diego, but it's very performant. I think anybody who plays with one comes away pretty impressed. You know, whatever happened to the Razer Eye? Where is that? I still have it. That's sort of a hero device almost. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Um,
0: I I mean I don't mind the device. I I'm not a like the the Motorola software stack is just not very stable. I guess. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> um, I I haven't run the latest updates on it to see if that that fixes things. But it's it's not a bad device. I I actually I like that form factor. Um, but it I feel like nice. I, I still feel like that's not the. I can bring it to CES actually. I um I still feel like that's not the. You know I want to see it in a One X class device, right? Or in a Galaxy yeah. S3 class device.
2: Well, I mean, and we talked about this. If they want to, if they really want to win, they need to go after something like that. Yeah. You know, like specifically a Nexus win or something with a big, big, bigger than Motorola win that's much more of a broad scale than just one derivative for, you know, what is it? They're in like one market, maybe two markets. Yeah. I think because it's just another XMM 6260. Yep. So you're just, you're limited to, you know... You're limited to not having LTE, and that's just not viable in this day and age yeah. if you're going to sell a, a Hero device. So, that I mean, they made that choice. I think it's great. I mean, it was great for what it was. I think it's cool, you know, for what that's worth. But
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, cool, you know? unfortunately, doesn't get you market share. Um, so if, if this does happen and their, th- their 22 nanometer smartphone chips get pushed out to 2014, um, that kind of leaves them one more generation where... You know, probably those lead devices are going to be Qualcomm based,
2: yeah, we know we know that what those devices are. And uh, yeah, it's just like that roadmap is already kind of you know fleshed out. I, I yeah, I mean, this is again, if they want to they could just sell a device directly. they already have it, Why not do it? I don't know I don't get the the trepidation, you know, like just new egg. Well, I think the hesitation there is
0: so many of their first design wins were carrier direct that the last thing they want to do is say, hey, carriers, we're going to kind of circumvent you as well, right? Like, it took them so long to even get those device wins that I think they're not eager to kind of piss off their partners. Well,
2: yeah, their strategy... Again, this is the big thing, is that the operators are all... Oh, that's my other thing. My my New Year's resolution is to not use the word carrier anymore because there's a namespace collision with carrier frequency. So when I say carrier, like WCDMA carrier or LTE carrier, people get confused So I'm going to adopt the European thing and say operator. Okay. Plus that just sounds cool. It's like OP, you know, like operator, not original poster, (laughs) like OP. So anyways, but yeah, their, their strategy is to just, you know, win over all the operators, which is what the San Diego is. like, they just bent over backwards and made like literally they went, they accommodated them in every way possible. And like, that's the way to sell a device. If you want to get your foot in the door, I guess that's one strategy the other strategy is the google strategy and to subvert everything you know and i realized that that doesn't make anybody any money but has (laughs) this device made anybody like has this device made intel lots of money like did the ffrd make lots of money i don't think that was ever the goal i think the goal was just to establish credibility yeah no I, i i agree with that
0: and and i think um I, I don't know. So at Intel, all the business units obviously have to, you know,
2: they can't be a drain on the
0: margins, right? So that's that's. Uh... <laughs>
2: I, guess, I guess this is why I'm, I'd be a terrible businessman. I'd just be like, yeah, I don't care about making money. Like, just make something that's awesome. Well,
0: but so that part of that is the, you know, prior to to the the Steve Jobs era, you know, I would I would I would agree with you, right? I'd be like, well, that's a terrible idea. You can't do that. But I mean, here's a man who built an entire very successful company on that premise that, you know, cost is a secondary function, profit is a secondary function of delivering experience and doing the right thing. Um, so, so I, I no longer allow companies to kind of just lean on that crutch, right? I, I don't, I think that time is gone. Right. Right. So, um, I, so skipping ahead a bit, you, you know, you were ranting a little bit about carriers. I know that's what you wanted to talk about, um, you, you had some choice words to say about field test being removed yeah. from the Lumia 920.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. This is a thing. I wanted to write an editorial about it. Really. You should. I think I still will, even though there's like a million of them on other things. I have this like list that I need to do. That's another thing that I'm going to change Just try to be faster. But yeah, so there was the PR 1.1 update that I was kind of waiting for to do the Lumia 920 review, because really there are just a lot of things that were not stable in the initial build you know like the camera thing wasn't totally like it's it still misses focus but it misses focus less I guess I don't really know but my biggest annoyance is that they just totally killed field test you know you used to be able to dial I think it was pound pound 3282 pound which is just data spelled out and this was something you could do on all the Windows phones prior like almost all of them Windows phone 7 Windows phone 7.5 all that stuff and for me I like using that because I want to see I want to see the technical data regarding you know like what's the status of the radio what's what band am I on what's going on because then when things don't work I can sort of figure out what's going on So I noticed on the 8X this was missing and that was kind of alarming but you know HTC has been removing them because apparently they had an operator ask and I think that's fairly obvious and there's more and more of that happening like there's nothing secret about it in the U.S., pretty much all the operators except for T-Mobile have integrated into their, their spec sheet You know that they're going to ship off, that they want all of this gone. And specifically, they want the ability to change... Uh, for They want the ability for users to be able to change from LTE to 3G removed, Verizon specifically, and they want none of that information shown. So that's kind of like been an ongoing trend and i'm just kind of done with it like it's it's now to the point where it's it's like an active thing so for whatever reason the lumia 920 shipped with that on and now it's gone but it's only the at&t version that it's gone if you look at the pr 1.1 update for the other the other operators like rogers some somebody on twitter sent me that hey it still works so this is again just like in the United States, they're kind of like a cartel, and they don't care. And they're just just—they're just going to get rid of all the information that you want to know. Or the information that I want to know. I want to know the LTE channel bandwidth. I want to know where I am. I want to know what the status is. You know, all of this stuff. It's really important, and it's, it's all going away. And I know people laugh when I say that I choose what device I want to carry based on whether I get to see that information. But it does enter into the equation and most of the time that ends up being samsung devices because they show it or the iphone and that's just the reality of it so yeah that needs to stop like it just needs to stop and i have a lot of reasons why i think it needs to stop but it it just needs to stop
1: <laughs>
2: um, yeah because on the 920 you could switch from lt to wcdma in there and i know that at&t saw that and somehow it slipped through and now it's gone So, so what's the carrier mode the, sorry,
0: what's the operator motivation for, um, not wanting that there?
2: It does. Cause they want to, well, they, I understand their motivation. Their motivation is they want people off of the legacy networks, off of the legacy spectrum so they can continue to refarm it. You know, like the AT&T deployment plan is now, you know, in addition to band 17, 700 megahertz. They're going to deploy LTE on, you know, 850 and 1900 assets. And then addition to that, maybe some AWS wherever they still have enough that it's it's worth it. So what they're going to do is start taking down WCDMA carriers. And then, you know, obviously you want to be on LTE. My problem with that is that it's sort of like a chicken and egg problem. Because if you're in a market like LA, you know, or your market that's 5 megahertz, really... LTE can already be really, really loaded, you know, and 5 megahertz is the width of a WCDMA carrier, so if you go on to WCDMA, there are just more carriers, and you're gonna get better speeds, like, there's just more capacity there. You can't overcome the laws of physics, so that's their motivation, and it's noble, okay, I get it, I mean, that's the reason it's like, even Apple isn't immune, that's the reason the the toggles were gone, and all this nonsense, and you know, all that stuff. So nobody's immune to it. Everybody, everybody has kind of given in, but I guess some and some on some phones and some OEMs, it sort of has slipped through. And I almost feel like I don't even want to popularize which phones have it anymore because I don't want it to be gone. Yeah. And I know that's terrible, but at the same time, like I, you know, they're just like, I can, there are cases that we can't speak about where I know that, because it was popularized, the operator was like, we're just going to get really aggressive about this and make sure nothing ever slips through again. Yeah. And that's just really disappointing. And I, I really dislike it. Like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, because it sounds I want to like see, uh... see real RSRP. I want to see RSRQ. I want to see LTE bandwidth. You know, I want to see the detected cells, all that stuff. So, you know? and even Qualcomm has a motivation to keep it hidden. That's the other thing, too the baseband OEMs don't want you to see that because then when you put this thing in a test box those are things that you can you know hook up and measure and then when you when you're playing back different geometries and your like expensive base station emulator with like baseband fading and all these interference things you can you know like if you're a double E, you can tell what's going on you know like oh they're doing this to cancel well now, I'm, now I know exactly what my competitor is doing. Yeah. So there's all this nonsense, and it's still a black box, and I just really like now it's even worse. Like you used to be able to find it. Now it's now it's like this is on their radar. You know. So that's the that's sort of my rant. But I want to somehow distill that into an editorial. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I mean I think it's valid, right? Like it's 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 something that that has bothered me with kind of all of our activities on that side of the space, right? You know, everything we do in the tablet space and, um, you know, basically anything Android, iOS, or, or, you know, Windows RT, Windows 8 to an extent, uh, or Windows Phone. Um, I like all of the things we've we've gained from, you know, this kind of new mobile revolution, but I, I don't like that we've given up or, or we're kind of okay with uh, access to underlying information and underlying stats and data being just, accept it like hey we we don't have to we don't need all this information anymore. Um yeah, because it's a sandbox. Yeah, and and it's it's I get the security reasons. I I get the motivation to to kind of uh you know doing the PC over again but not making the same mistakes. But I feel like we're giving up a little too much and and I would like to see some of that power, some of that flexibility come back. Um and, yeah. and it's not necessarily we're not asking for like complex things, right? That's one of the things I really liked about Windows RT that I could uh I can still fire device up. manager. Yeah, like it's it's not you know, yeah, I'm not even running desktop apps, but I can see how everything's connected, right? I see what device drivers are loaded. I can hop into registry editor, right? Like those are all useful things in my opinion. Um so so one kind of solution to that is this announcement that came out just a couple of days ago um that uh the the Ubuntu for smartphones build was kind of officially announced.
2: Oh right. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing too. Um, you know, it's sort of a soft launch. There's no device that I've seen. Yeah. Although apparently, you know, there there were demos of it. But they seem to be going after this model where they just sort of inherit all of the Android kernel and, you know, the board software, board support package, and they can just run Ubuntu on it. And they it's interesting that they chose the Galaxy Nexus because, you know, that's sort of just a device that's already out there in quantity and it's a shot across their brow but um i don't know we'll see how that goes i have really strong feelings about unity and it looks like it's just unity kind of on a smartphone like parts of it look cool yeah i didn't get to look at every bit of it i haven't seen it in person but i think i think i think that they really should have gone after a tablet you know like why why do we need another phone platform like, yeah the tablet you know and, and like we've done this before better and it's, it was called Migo and Mamo, yeah (laughs) and like i just want to apt get install things so you know here's the issue like it seems like what they're doing is is
0: being very very forward looking right so even in their own kind of release of this thing uh they made it very clear they said you know this is this is perfect for the type of user who you know is going to use their phone and then dock it to a display and use it as their computer um and and that is the grand vision right that mainstream computing goes that route uh we're not there yet and we're not gonna be there for, you know, at least a handful more generations. But um you know, I kind of viewed this as them trying to be ahead of the curve, right? Rather than So be ahead of the next transition rather than kind of what everyone else has done is is that they've uh the transition's already happened and now they're playing catch up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Cause that that, that PC uh smartphone convergence. That is the next major transition, right? Like it's you know we we <clears throat> we went through the evolution of the PC desktop notebook transition, kind of in parallel. Towards the end of that, we went from uh, through multiple iterations of the smartphone evolving, and and now we're kind of the smartphones evolving into this new thing. And then the next step beyond yeah. that is is that conversion point.
2: Um, well, I get that that's what they're they're going for. I just am confused why they wouldn't go after a, a tablet first. Yeah. I, I guess that's the easy route, right? The things that they have
0: to get right when that convergence does happen are all the phone things. Sure, sure. The The tablet, like, that wouldn't be that hard for them to do. Um, I do agree that it's kind of weird that they didn't offer that. Like, it would seem to me that that would be an easy way to kind of uh, leverage the community and get people working on it now.
2: Is, yeah, is that's it, a logical, like, it's closer in terms of what the use cases look like the UI looks like to a desktop just yes. because of the space, you know. And that's that's really where you know, if you're running Ubuntu, you're going to get sort of the value add, yeah, with all these other apps. And I just don't feel like we need more smartphone platforms
1: right now, yeah. I agree with you. I, um, right. uh, well, the, the this Ubuntu has been you know, mark- it's being marketed towards you know, enthusiasts and hobbyists. If they go for the smartphone first, they're going to snare more enthusiasts and hobbyists than tablets because what's the ratio of smartphone selling to tablet selling
0: okay it's totally a bigger market right i i i get it um I, I guess i see it both ways right if you want this to be immediately useful you do it on a tablet if you want this if you view this as an investment in the future then you do it on a smartphone
2: All Right. okay okay i, I that makes sense um, I just like I I don't know. There are just a lot of mixed things I have about the Ubuntu thing. Like, yeah, I, I've I, had I've had my heart broken by Canonical enough times now that <laughs> it's kind of like um I'm just very skeptical. I, I'll say that. No, I agree. And and so what I would like to have happened was
0: you know I would love to have seen Migo you know run its course. Right. I I didn't. I don't like the way that ended. And I felt like that would be a, a powerful you know had the potential to be a powerful force in the industry um if If this becomes that, you know if it it doesn't have to be the most successful thing in the world, but it has to act as a an alternative, you know, a small market sure. share, even just a counterbalance to the way everything else is going. We need a good, open, truly open mobile platform that we can kind of use to drive the industry forward
2: right. I I don't know. I like I think you put it really well when you were when you were like the timing of this is just so obvious to get operator and OEM meetings. Yes. Yeah, you know, no, like that seems to have been the main point was we want we want you guys to come talk to us at CES. Yes. So, I'm kind of like reserving judgment until that's done and we'll see what traction it gets. And I I just think that I think that people are more interested in seeing like a tablet player that's that's like this more than a, a smartphone player that's like, and like the operators are not going to be okay with this again, just like <laughs> I've already said my piece to you about it, but they're just not okay with that kind of um, truly open platforms. You know, that's the reason why you never really saw the N900 sell here in the U S um, same. And then the N9 was like the best device that never got any credit, you know? So Yeah. I don't know. I just am really skeptical. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I, I think that's fair. Um
0: for, for end users, I don't I don't see this doing anything anytime soon. Um I, I think this was a play to kind of, like you said, get get meetings at CES. Um and some of the folks I talked to, it sounds like that's being <laughs> they're lining stuff up not necessarily at CES, but you know, within the
2: next few weeks afterwards. They're interested uh, in it. Yeah, I think they're I think there's space for it. Yeah, because no one wants um no one ultimately really wants to work with
0: Google or Microsoft, right? Like, that's not a... Uh, neither one of those companies is necessarily uh, benevolent or or truly altruistic when they work with their device partners.
2: Oh, right, right.
0: Right? Like, there's always... <laughs> such
2: a good way of putting it.
0: I mean, you're, you're getting yeah. screwed some way or another, or you're being threatened one way or another, right? Like, it's just...
2: Well, that's what Tizen is, you know? That's, like, Sam, like, I put... Was it the Qualcomm analyst thing? And someone was like, what about Tizen? Like, are you going to make... Like, can Snapdragon run Tizen? And there was like this silence and somebody was like, Well, you know, Tizen is just kind of there, it's kind of nebulous, but I mean, yeah, obviously we'll run it. And I just couldn't help resist but say that like Tizen is Samsung's knife at Google's throat. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it's just implicit, like, hey, we'll we'll just slit your we'll slit your neck if you don't, you know, play our game. Which yeah, is totally. sort of an idle threat, right? Because nobody's like they're not gonna not make a Galaxy S four, five and six.
0: No, you know. that's totally true.
2: Um, but, like, you need that leverage.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, Samsung's been, they've been hiring a lot of, like, chip architects. Like, if they wanted to go and be totally vertical, they could,
2: if they, and they have
0: the revenues to support it.
2: Right, so it is kind of a credible threat. At the same time, it's sort of not credible short-term.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, so, I, I guess the more people that have that kind of, you know, their own knife, maybe it's huge, maybe it's small, but it's, it's some sort of self-defense weapon
2: yeah nokia sold off their knife they don't have any you know? yeah
0: and and what did that do for nokia it looks like you know HTC's the new poster child for windows phone
2: yeah that's talk <laughs> about a terrible relationship there i would feel cheated on <laughs> um
0: so speaking about samsung you have uh more thoughts on galaxy camera
2: yeah i've been used to, i think it's a totally disruptive device now like i'm sold you know, even though the camera experience isn't that great, like it could be better. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, this is clearly what, what the evolution should be. And I've, I've just been using it constantly, you know, like it's just, there's something amazing about being able to take all the pictures and then they're in Dropbox when I get home or back to my computer.
0: Yeah. See, cause I, I was, you know, you let me play around with it in, in Taiwan and I was like, you know, this is actually pretty cool um and i kind of don't want to carry an slr at ces next year or, or next week I, I oh really yeah so kinda, you're like
2: vivek you want a micro four thirds thing yeah or I,
1: I just want something smaller right because it's i don't know huh. uh, and if and you, you do bring those large lenses to these events
0: yeah i mean because there's always the opportunity you know you get to look at something really really cool right and you want to take good photos of it but for the most part you're just
1: it's you're nice. just moving it around
0: yeah it's you know it's it's not so the, the, for, the, the, for most of the products it's not worth it
1: the, the, yeah. the, the issue is issue is at ces you may not get enough bandwidth to upload your photos to dropbox yeah so that's well, what i was gonna ask you with Brian. videos too oh well, you're gonna ask about so like the current the galaxy camera that i have
2: is the at&t one which oddly enough they chose to put a, like another again xmm 6260 in because that must be like two dollars or like one (laughs) dollar or just like zero cents like i already told you what i think it actually costs but um so so yeah i mean wcdma is going to be destroyed there we'll see how it it fares i think i have enough time in between when i sit down and do things that maybe what i need will upload and i'll just change what size i shoot because most of the stuff ends up on the web yeah so like we really only need like 1200 pixels wide. I think everything else is like 600. Um, You know, videos, that's always hard. We'll see. We'll see. I have my own thoughts about the networks dying, but you know, like when I'm not at the trade show, it is awesome, you know, to just come back and boom, there it is. And the, the Verizon version though does have, um, I believe it's 9X15. They, they have LTE only, which is really weird. That's the first Verizon device it doesn't have CDMA 2000 at all. So the Verizon Galaxy camera just has Band 13 LTE, which is really, really, really weird. I mean, it's that's how devices are going to come, but probably next year, year beyond, after they've finished the complete LTE overlay. Yeah. You know? So I mean, they can that, get away that with that it because there's no voice, right? Exactly. Exactly. So they don't need to worry about voice over IMS yet. But at the same time... I kind of have mixed feelings about that because, like, I would rather, I would like to have video fall back, you know. But, hey, like, that's so. If I had that one, which I don't, because like I don't, I don't really need two Galaxy camera review units. <laughs> then, um, that one I would be more confident in. But this, I, like, I wouldn't use this exclusively at the show. Like, I'm still gonna bring the DSLR, yeah, and all this stuff. But, but if I've you used had to bring, other things. if you had to bring a uh, a point and shoot
0: to an event like that. Would it be the Galaxy camera, or would you still rely on a normal point and shoot?
2: I would. I would definitely bring Galaxy camera. Like I, I just don't like point and shoots. Like at the lowest that I would go is um, you know, like Micro Four Thirds, which okay. everybody loves. And I just have not. I don't have the, for whatever reason, I've just been completely remiss in following that space. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I like cameras a lot, you know, and I want to follow them, but I just can't. <laughs> like I'm just too busy with this. I can't yeah. fit it. Yeah. Like I just can't be passionate about that. And I don't think it's stabilized yet. Like it, for me at least, I don't know what format it's gonna win. Uh, like I wish, I wish the Nikon had an offering that wasn't the one series. You know. Yeah. Uh, the J1 or what V1, V1, whatever those two are. Like I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. Because I want to use my lenses. You know. I don't want to go buy more i think the pancake thing is cool i think obviously mirrorless is the way of the future if you have high enough display resolution so yeah you know vivek's trying that he's bringing like the gf3 not to be confused with the gs3 the gf3 yeah, yeah the panasonic the, or whatever right? right yeah yeah not a galaxy s3 <laughs> but and then he was like i'm gonna shoot with the nexus 4 and i was like please don't do that <laughs> like don't try like it's it's better than the galaxy nexus but it's still it's still not not my favorite smartphone camera yeah but um yeah you know i i, I don't know i really hurt my back that one time with the that backpack the, dude the you thing. had a that was an insane back your backpack was like heavier than my laptop i really that one case thing that became like a desk do you remember that yes the thing that was like it was kind of cool it's like you could do like a laptop on it and like all these lenses but it was like a you know messenger bag style thing and then i really hurt my back like i couldn't (laughs) feel the right side of my body for about a week (laughs) dude that was I, i couldn't walk do you remember that i do remember that that
0: the the bag itself empty was what eight pounds
2: yeah it was pretty heavy it was really heavy. So, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Like, I bought the backpack thing, which is still pretty heavy. And it opens kind of weird, and the TSA is always really confused by it. But that can fit, like, all the lenses in there. Um. You know? So you've been
0: playing around with another camera recently that's not a conventional camera.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I've been wanting a GoPro forever. And I finally, like, I should have asked for a review it. But there was a store at the place that I was staying on vacation, oddly enough, that had them downstairs. And I was like, I'm just going to buy myself a Christmas present now. <laughs> and I bought a GoPro Hero 3 Black. And because I keep hearing all these awesome things about it, and it does 1080p60 and 4K15 and all this other cool stuff. And so I just I just needed to try it. And I was skiing. So then I then I need all the mounts. So I ordered like the they had the chesty mount, which I really like. And then the helmet vented mount thing. And then they give you some like other mounts and about a tripod screw. And I don't know. I've just been like playing around with it. And it's awesome. Like the 1080p60 videos are amazing. Like I was skeptical. Like Ganesh was saying oh, it's always better to have more temporal resolution than lots of other resolution. I was like, yeah, whatever, okay. So he was like, no, just shoot in 1080p 60. And I was I was like, well, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll try it. Because I really wanted to do like 1440p or like the other, the 2K mode or like you can shoot it. In, um, I believe it's 2K25 and what is it? 4K12 and 1440p 48, which is pretty, both of those are pretty cool, I thought yeah but he was like no do 1080p 60 like that's what it should be so i did that and i was like wow this is insane like it looks it looks realistic and they just did such a good job except for the battery life they just did such a good job so like, what's it, what, crazy. Is, what is battery life like i don't know I'm, I'm i'm gonna measure it more scientifically like just record a video and see when it dies you know like maximum duration yeah which actually i did inadvertently but I don't know the number off the top of my head. But it, when I was skiing around with it, it seemed like three hours, which is not very long. And I wish it was much longer, especially like I was trying to do time lapses while driving back. And I couldn't I could not for the life of me get it to last um, the eight hours. I had like I bought two batteries. I ended up going to the store and just like emptying it out like just their little stand thing. <laughs> I'm serious. I bought like every mount and like two batteries, and um, you really need the two batteries because you want to swap. Wait, out Wait, the so their their rated battery life is eight hours, and you're getting under half that. It is not very like I don't know how they get eight hours. Is that really what it is? No, Does I don't know. Say that online. No, I, I was I was I didn't know if you mentioned no, eight I hours. Don't know. I don't know if that was oh the was. car the drive was eight hours. Oh yeah. okay okay. I don't know what their suggested battery life is, but it is not. It is not very long, Let's you know.
1: See.
2: I that's a good question. I know that's one of the complaints, and I asked. I saw like a lot of them there. I saw a lot of the Hero Two, and uh, like one other lady had a Hero Three, and there, I asked her what she thought about it. And then some other lady was like, "Hey, what do you think about it?" And I mentioned battery life, and she was like, "Oh yeah, they wish they need better battery life." Hmm. But that's such a common complaint for everything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But again, you're you're doing 1080p 60 encode at like 30 megabits. Can you really complain? Like, that's <laughs> nuts. You know, I, and it looks fluid. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a couple of videos. I'm not the best skier in the world, but it looked cool. I thought. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm pro enough for it. You know, <laughs> that's a big thing. And I just was like, that was giving my brother a hard time. So I kept going like, GoPro, bro. Like, bro, go pro. You know. <laughs> Like it just it just like strings together so nicely. like You can just keep saying GoPro and all this stuff. But so, anyways, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling on about it. But I think <laughs> it's a phenomenal camera. And I want to involve it in CES somehow. Like, I was telling you I might wear the chesty. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? Dude, you, you should totally do
0: that. I've never seen the chesty. So this just straps the camera to your chest?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's got like an elastic strap that goes all the way around. And actually, I'd say that's the most stable platform no, i like, agree with not, that. Not the helmet mount, not the like pole mount, and not the like tripod mount. Because I, I got a monopod, and you can put on the tripod and like hold it out. Yeah, you should, totally, cool. you, you should
0: totally... You should... Like, all your meetings, just GoPro. The,
2: the, the, <laughs> Do you think anybody will take me seriously? Yeah,
1: why not? The question <laughs> is, if you're wearing the chest straps, how does it stay on if you've sold your arms to buy all this equipment? Just <laughs> <laughs> an arm and a leg in the... a <laughs> you should look at
2: this thing. Like it's, it's like it's pretty beefy. This chest. No, So, so,
1: so, so I, I looked on the website after you sent me the link, and you know, see all the prices. Three hundred and fifty. It's not US. cheap. And yeah. then you And then you convert it to UK. And it's three hundred and fifty pounds. They've literally. So it's actually really one to one conversion. Yeah.
2: Wow. I mean, it's not cheap. And the, really, the only one that's worth buying, IMO, is the black one. Because the white and the silver are the previous version SOC, the black one is the new SOC and a better, better sensor. So, like the previous ones, I think they improved with. I think it has Wi-Fi built. I don't know what really improved over the previous generation so, so, beyond so. 1080p 60. What I, is I, um? What's the black edition surf? I think that one gives you the surfboard mount. There was one lady who was <laughs> like i want the surfboard mount but i didn't get the surf one because she wanted to put it on her snowboard (laughs) and like you can put it on your snowboard which is kind of cool and i was like well that would be cool to snowboard with i guess but i don't snowboard so that's kind of lost on me like i'm just using the chesty
0: wait so the chesty is this this chest mount harness
2: yeah uh, it's a mounting accessory that's right chest mount harness it's literally called the chesty. That's what it says on the box. And, um, yeah. So I got the chesty, a suction cup, not their suction cup. Cause I couldn't get it in time. The vented helmet strap, uh tripod mount. I mean, they have like every mount ever. It's crazy. There's night vision goggle mount. Like if you're wearing a helmet, <laughs>
0: no dude you should totally wear and so my only question is how would this work with a tie i guess you could have your your (laughs) this would go over your suit jacket or would it go underneath yeah
2: i'm gonna have to have my suit jacket like closed buttoned up the whole time (laughs) so i'm just gonna like overheat although it's pretty cool in las vegas for the most part yeah when we're there but we'll see how that goes it's not gonna last very long but i think it'd be cool to show like here's the chaos no i think so that would be awesome we just have to turn it off in like the NDA briefings.
1: Yeah, no, the battery will die. I guarantee it. And 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 they've moved to the other convention to some later date. Oh yeah, Which, yeah. You can't wear this oh, at the porn yeah. convention.
2: <laughs> oh right, right. That would be a huge violation of, that would be of a privacy, problem. wouldn't it? <laughs> Are you allowed to take photos in there? I don't, I don't know. I've not. never been.
0: I always I always <laughs> see uh, company like people I meet with from other companies walking out of there. <laughs> isn't it at the
2: palms um i don't know where it is this year wait and isn't it, it supposed to be at the palms always like that's an innuendo like i just thought that was hilarious forever <laughs> i thought it was at the sands right oh is it i have no clue
0: yeah um because back when comdex or, or uh back when ces also had a venue there that's where i'd see like i'd be walking by and i'd see like nvidia dudes walking out of there and be like hey what are you what are you guys doing Not... and they were like oh well, i don't know <laughs> um okay so the last thing i want to talk about is uh came back from taiwan intel showed up with they were like this is our power expert and they showed up with um this box from national instruments and a couple of tablets and uh they were like look we want to show you how we do performance modeling and power modeling internally Right, so that that's the the kind of untold story about you know everyone sees where Intel is today with uh you know with the core strategy and and how they've managed to come back since uh, kind of the days of the uh, Athlon 64. Um, so part of that is Intel poured a lot of money and a lot of resources and gave a lot of uh, kind of power within the company to this performance modeling team inside the company, and the idea was that they would go in and you know, you basically have engineers, you'd have architects here, um, knowing what they do, both through publicly available information and and through information that, you know, you just kind of hear on the street or whatever about what the competition's doing. They would develop models for, you know, the next generation AMD processor or the next two generations of AMD processors and, uh, arms cortex a 15 before that was even announced. Um, so they would model all this stuff and, uh, They would kind of plot it on a performance chart showing, hey, this is where we are today. This is where we think the competition is going to be in three or four years. And then they would feed that data back to the engineers and the engineers would then design to those targets. Um, It's actually a really, really important job because if they do their job properly, then whatever comes out will be just fast enough or just good enough that it'll beat the competition. If they don't do their jobs well, then, you know, they'll end up embarrassed or upset or, you know, it, it just won't, it'll be a bad time. Um, so anyways, this team, you know, as of a handful of years ago, started doing power analysis as well. That, that became more important. Um, so they showed up and they said, look, we want to start talking a little bit more about how our SOCs, in, in particular Clover Clovertrail, um, compares to the competition uh, in terms of power consumption. Now, power is always a difficult thing to measure. You know, we do a lot of stuff with our own battery life tests, but they want to measure, like, CPU core power draw and GPU power draw. And uh, it's kind of difficult because you can't really swap components out, so you can't uh, can't do what we do on the desktop side. Um, so what they do is they'll take a tablet. Uh, so uh, in this case, they had a Microsoft Surface RT. Uh, and They'll open it up, and they will write and run specific benchmarks and programs, right? So they'll write a program that'll, uh, a benchmark that'll fit in L1 cache and just hammer, hammer the ALUs and they'll run that test and they'll probe all the power delivery circuits on the board itself until they find one that shows a voltage just spiking whenever this application runs and then dropping whenever the application doesn't run. And they'll do that for CPU workloads, for GPU workloads, for memory workloads, for NAND workloads. So they'll go in and instrument. They'll find all of the power delivery circuits that supply power to various blocks of IP um, on the SoC itself, as well as individual components on the board. Um, And then they'll instrument all this stuff. So what they'll do is they'll go in with like just it's a dude with a soldering iron um, and he'll like lift... Uh, so usually in front of the power delivery circuit, um, in, in front of the chip that is receiving voltage and current, uh, they'll have just like a standard LC filter, right? So an inductor and a capacitor tied to ground, they'll lift the inductor, put a, a like a 2 to 20 micro-ohm resistor in series with it, solder it all back down and solder tiny wires to that resistor, then just ohm's law it, right? They use voltage drop across the resistor. They know the resistance. They can calculate uh, power consumption. So they'll do that for everything. Like the, the tablets they brought here had, they had uh, like the memory controller instrumented, so they could show power just for the memory controller. Um, they had uh, like NAND instrumented, so they could show just how much like the EMC was using. Um, and then they would just log all this data. And uh, it was kind of cool. They brought it here and they were like, look, this is what we did. They showed me what they did. Um, and then they just let me go to town on the tablets. And uh, yeah, I got to like run through our mobile test suite and record a bunch of data. And we published it in the uh, Clover Trail versus Tegra 3 piece. And the, the conclusions weren't really unexpected, right? We know Tegra 3 is 40 nanometer LPG. It's, it's definitely not the lowest power solution on the market today. Um so so obviously CloverShell did pretty well there. Um the really interesting stuff is what I'm working on now which is uh I've got data on Crate as well as um Exynos 5 dual so Cortex A15. Um so that's that's kind of the the next episode in in that stuff.
2: Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> that's an awesome piece you put together. Just yeah, seeing that, you know. It, it's cool because just by looking at the power
0: curve, you can actually learn a lot about how the platform's designed, how it's performing. Like there's just so much you can, if you dive into that data and, and you look at the graphs. Um, so for example, on on the, uh, so obviously using the Nexus 10 to get A15 data, um, you can tell the total TDP, like how much TDP is available for the CPU and GPU. Um, so this is really interesting. If you, um, and and this is something that uh, Intel tipped me off to. Um, they said, you know, we're going to do a, a workload here. And I graphed this. Um, they ran Modern Combat 3. That's like the, the Modern Warfare 3 clone for Android. <laughs> it's
2: so obvious. <off>. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unity engine, whatever.
0: Exactly. So they ran that, which is obviously like it's a fairly stressful GPU workload. So you run that and you see the um, the Mali, uh, uh, what is it? 60...
2: T604. T604. It's 5250.
0: Is, yeah. Yeah. So you see power on that rail jump up to, like, 4 watts, right? And uh, so then they quit the app, or they don't quit, they switch away from it, and the GPU rail drops back down. Um, And then they run CoreMark, right? They run a multi-threaded CoreMark, and then you see the CPU rail jump up to 4 watts. Um, And then what they do is they'll leave CoreMark running in the background and then fire up Modern Combat 3 again. And for a split second, you actually see, or it's actually longer than a split second, um, you'll see both kind of use three and a half ish watts so you you get total soc power consumption of like seven watts and then what you see happen is the cpu will step down so the cpu just sits there and you can see it going through each voltage step as it as it hits it and then it says well i'm still over power budget then it hits the next one i'm still over power budget um until the cpu is just kind of using very very little of that four watt tdp and then the total chip power consumption is back down to four watts
2: interesting
0: yeah so that's and and so what's really interesting to me is that kind of gives you the upper bound for uh because you've used the nexus 10 you like it like it's a good device um
2: yeah and i really hesitate to write about it because everybody hates it like i'm just gonna get trashed if i say <laughs> what i think about it i don't think so i don't think you would i think i think people are looking for someone to say that that it's a good device um I I haven't used all the tablets, though. Like, I I don't know. I have really mixed feelings about... I really like it. Personally, I think it's great. Everybody else seems to hate it. I I just don't know. And they are, like, Chrome lags. Well, okay, like, you just over-scrolled the buffer. But, like, if I go into the Apple Store and I scroll an iPad 4, I can still over-scroll the buffer. Like, personally, I think the previous generation iPad was quite laggy. Like when I played with it, Yeah. And iPad one terribly laggy, like with the, what is it? They stopped at iOS four or five. I can't remember, but I had an iPad one for the longest time. Yeah. So I don't know why it's like, it's okay to be laggy sometimes, but not, (laughs) that's my thing.
0: So my take on the Nexus 10, having played with yours and and having played with uh, one more on on top of that, um, is that if you are looking for a 10 inch tablet and you just want a tablet, it is the right one to buy right if you want an ipad you have to buy the ipad like there's no right it's the same smartphone discussion all over again if you want ios that's the only device you can have right and and that's totally fine but what if what you want is something to just read the web on or you just want a tablet and you don't really care um like you're not particularly attached to ios then then i think it's the one to get you save a 100 bucks
2: yeah i no, yeah i agree with you i think they're very cool like i use the nexus 10 to and fro taiwan to watch babylon 5 like, yeah just slamming i'm on this kick where i want to watch all of sci-fi and like finish netflix it's my it's like my mission is to finish netflix like wouldn't that be awesome you're like holy crap i finished netflix get, ba- but, get, um, get, get, get back to work <laughs> i just leave it playing while i'm like doing stuff you know but anyways, uh, like I have a projector. I just like turn it on and then I I like work. So, but it, I really like the Nexus 10. And I, I I think you you were saying that people are finding it weird and laggy because they had their Wi-Fi set up wrong. I think that might be the case. Like I just there might be weird binning going on. I'm just not even sure. Because
0: that's the part that worries me. You look at all of the different types of Tegra 3 in the market, right? There's like seven Tegra 3s. You know, because there oh, there's the, so many, yeah. There are all the APs, and then there are all of the um, T's, yeah, the T versions, and there's T30, like, T33, T37. Yeah. So, and clearly, Nvidia knows what it's doing when it comes to binning, right? Like, it, it, it die harvesting is not unusual. Um, but then with Exynos, we just that's it. We just have that one, and I do worry that they're just kind of tossing them all into Nexus tens. And at the tail ends of the curve, you get people that are just having a suboptimal
2: experience i yeah i I don't know what the i don't know what's going on there like Um, i wish i wish i knew and that's why i just like like i can't mentally finish that thing is because i i don't fully i don't normally read all the other reviews for devices but in that particular case i did and i just have um my My experience is so out of parity with everybody else that I don't even know what to say, but you like the device. you would recommend it at three ninety nine yeah, of course like it's like i again like Ian would want this display you know twenty five sixty by sixteen hundred right in uh you know little you know like ten inches yeah, like who wouldn't want that so and i like the application story, everybody's like, oh, there just like aren't good apps. I I don't like I don't think that's the case anymore. Like, plume yeah. is great on the tablet. Falcon Pro is great on the tablet. Like, I like Chrome, you know, which everybody seems to hate on Chrome lately. I don't I don't understand what why this happened. <laughs> like, I just don't understand. No, I'm trying to understand, but I don't fully understand. Like, I see people over scrolling, you know, over the render. Yeah, and that's great. But how many times are you going to be reading and flicking it like that? And I yeah I just have a lot of different thoughts about what's going on there. You know, the the parts about it that are cool to me are they have the newest NFC thing, they have multiple tap points, they have the newest um 802 Broadcom Wi-Fi chipset in there. The display is great. It's dual core A15s. You know, again, the price is right It it feels a little bit weird because they have that like rubber stuff on it. it. Yeah. Like when I was on the plane, my you know like you get like kind of like greasy from being in a plane. You know, (laughs) I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying though? Like you have to wash the plane off of you. Yeah. (laughs) Afterwards. Dude, do do, do
1: you not take some like hand sanitizer on?
2: No, I wash my hands like eight million times when I'm on the plane, but it doesn't matter. Get get some sanitizer, man. I hate so I hate the sanitizers because they leave a residue, especially the like Purell stuff. Because then, when you like, if you're eating something, you like taste. You just taste the the. You just taste the chemical that's left. Uh,
1: you I, know, I, I'm, like I'm pre- I
2: want, I want to wash my hands to be like unadulterated hands.
1: Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure with my sanitizer, it makes me high. So. <laughs> oh really? So you get like a feedback loop. You're like, I want to use this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All the dopamine so um, like but the problem with the nexus 10 is you leave all these fingerprints on the back and it's like kind of disgusting yeah but that's the only problem i just don't know what i don't know why everybody hates on it so much i i want to i like you need to use it and tell me what you think I for for my experience with it, i
0: keep i, I keep going back and forth between like just getting one and and not and and i, I don't know it, it's it's when i used it i thought it was great um and and i tend to trust your opinion on things and if you say it's great i think it's and and i literally over over the the holidays i recommended it to someone um she was looking for like a tablet for her boyfriend and i asked her i was like well does he is ios a requirement you know does he have an iphone does he have a mac and the answer was no and he just wanted something 10 inches in size to read on um and like browse the web and do stuff like that and i said you know it's it's Unless you can find like a used iPad three for significantly less than than three ninety nine, um, I I don't see why not. I would go with the Nexus ten.
2: Yeah, uh, I uh, totally uh, agree. I like, I, if
1: people want to buy an iPad, then just buy an iPad. Like, yeah. this isn't an iPad. I I still can't justify to myself buying a tablet. I I have other devices that do the same thing. I yeah mean, and I
0: think that's that's a totally like I think uh, there's a huge chunk of the market that's like that, right? I think that's why there's so much frustration and and kind of hope for a lot of these convergence Windows 8 devices because it would be great if you could have one device that kind of did both, right? That did the tablet thing that did the notebook thing as well. It's just none of them are really good yet. Um and I'm afraid it's going to be another like more than a year until they actually get there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're right. right. Like I don't know. How how did I get on this subject? We were ta- you were well, talking about Exynos <laughs> 5250. That's what you were saying.
0: Yeah, so the thing is, um, what, what's interesting about this is that four watts appears to be that kind of target TDP for an SOC that goes into a tablet. You look at what goes into a phone and that TDP is somewhere in the one to two watt range.
2: Right, Um
0: yeah. And so what I'm curious about is one, that four watts gives you a target, right? That four watts tells you that... Uh, even if they come in with Haswell at eight watts, that's too much to fit into like an iPad or a Nexus. Um, they they need to cut that in half. Now, can they cut that in half by running at even lower frequencies by uh, like really ramping things down? Yeah, I think that's possible. I don't know that we'll see it with Haswell. Um, I think you know by the time we get to Broadwell and definitely Skylake, um, then yeah, we we do start to get there. But that that gives you a target, right? Four watts is what you need to hit, um, and it's good to see Intel marching towards that. The other thing is. I don't know how these A15 SoCs are going to do in phones, right? Qualcomm, <laughs> right? Like that's the one thing that struck out to me the most. Um, that that stood out to me the most about this this data that we're going to publish here shortly is Qualcomm's done a really good job, right? So Intel's still faster. Like this five year old Atom Core is uh, amazingly resilient. Um, so so you know, good job Intel there. But at least Qualcomm's in like the same realm of doing the right things there right they're they're in the same realm of performance same realm of power consumption um and if you have an a15 core i I just don't know how you're gonna like what you're gonna how you're gonna cut power in half i guess you could run at lower frequencies and do a lot of binning and then just turbo up really intelligently but um big
2: little (laughs) big little (laughs) Right, like, like over here, we got Big Little. That yeah, solves mean, all the problems. But I don't. I feel like I must be missing something. Like it can't be this simple, because Big Little. I, I don't no, know. You're why. not missing anything. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be sort of disappointing. Like I don't understand how this is gonna be in a phone. Like clearly, it's gonna be in phones, right? Um, but but what's gonna happen? Is it gonna be? You're never gonna use the. You're never gonna use the four of them. You're never gonna use more than one. So you know, what happens when? It, when...
1: <laughs> <laughs> what like the, that
2: governor is just never going to fire up anything because <laughs> the thing is like if, if
0: you know and there's also the option that um the first 5250s are just really horribly binned and you know eventually we'll get lower power versions but if they're not right if four watts is really what a dual core a15 running at 1.7 if that's where that consumes um you're not going to make that up with a process transition right going to 20 nanometer isn't going to fix that because you don't yeah those Isn't days are like 20% gone.
2: gains yeah you're not getting you're not getting a 50% reduction in power um well that's that's why they have big little like that's their that's their sort of strategy even though you incur you know lots of power loss from doing your context switching you know it's not like just magic happens
0: yeah and well so then my issue there is When you're using the big cores, right? So big little for those who don't know, it's it's two Cortex A7s plus two Cortex A15s, and the promise of Cortex A7 is you can do it in a smaller die area than Cortex A9, but deliver more performance, or at worst the same performance. So the idea is there that um, you know for things that don't matter, email, you know, some browsing the web, phone stuff like that, you run on the A7s. When you're running a game, or you know, you you just need to quickly you know do something launch an app whatever you run that on the a15s um
2: they even had like four and four like four a7s and four a15s yeah i don't know how that's gonna fit on a <laughs> in an affordable space but that was even <laughs> in their little you know like here's a demo we have it working and and initially i just thought
0: you know hey look this is this is arm being ahead of the curve but now i'm i'm wondering if qualcomm mitigation to, yeah yeah I, especially you know because we talked about this um before the break a bit like qualcomm's got they've got more crates coming and you that's know, they... something
2: i keep I, I should just post that right now because i keep forgetting yeah I, i'm I so think... terrible at this there's just been <laughs> so little time other than and i just needed a break i just really apologize no but, I, uh, th- we
0: all did man that was a it was a long break. Year. break. <laughs> Oh yeah, Ian. Ian's been cranking out like every single motherboard review ever while we've been.
2: <laughs> I know. What is it? You said you were tweeting like twenty six
1: thousand words or something. Yeah, last one. There's a, there's is that, that a hit. high score? There's there's an, there's another one going out tomorrow. So, oh, by the but time anyways... this podcast goes out, it'll already be there. But yeah, no, no. I I saw some tweets aimed at you saying, "Why isn't X done? Why isn't Y done?" <laughs> i made the mistake of going into the forum uh which i normally do you
2: know like i like to read there and see what people are talking about but there was one that was like i was like reading about the droid dna and um this is like the same time other people were like hey when's it going to be done and there was like i don't know how we can go on vacation and not have it finished and i was like really like even even obama's on vacation (laughs) Like, that just, I couldn't help but think that. And so, I know I've been remiss, but, like, there is no way I could post anything up there. So, like, all the Wi-Fi was dead. No, no that's um, fine. And what's all hilarious... The, all the cellular networks died. Like, I did my usual complaining to everybody. <laughs> but it's just, like, total connectivity blackout. What's
0: hilarious is, after you tweeted that even Obama's on vacation, the next day he came back to talk about the fiscal, the fiscal cliff stuff. Really? Yeah, there were headlines <laughs> oh, that were like, oh, "Right,
2: oh. right, yeah, oh, 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 he came Obama. back early."
0: <laughs> Obama ends vacation early to to end fiscal
2: cliff. <laughs> so maybe I should get the DNA thing done. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm trying to get it done before CES. Like, it's gonna get done. Yeah, the motives piece will be done by this time. This, but well, it's already done. It'll be posted by the time this is. Posted. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about that. I know I don't know what we're at now for the total time. No, we're we're
0: at uh an hour forty three. So I, I don't want to go into that yet. Um but because uh, I, I think that's a really good discussion that that we should have, but it's gonna yeah. be a long one. Um but uh yeah, I know I've got a I've got a list of things that I'm trying to get done as well. I've got this. But you second... were saying
2: you were saying there's a ton of crates, and that's true. There's another there's like a whole lineup of crates. Yeah. And like I, I almost think that I, I don't know. I, I,
0: I think Qualcomm might have the right strategy here, right? Like I don't, I don't know if you can just rely on ARM and and integrate that. I, we'll see. I mean, maybe Tiger Four is going to be awesome, but um, at least for the phone space, I, I, I'm not sure.
2: So what, what? I mean, we haven't been pre briefed anything about Tiger Three, so we can like all we all right, like all we know are rumors. Yeah, is that supposed to be HPM? or HPL? I don't know, actually. Um,
0: so, so the, the NVIDIA's design philosophy thus far is they've been using uh, 40 nanometer LPG and they build the CPU on an island of just the, the general voltage leakage, 40 nanometer transistors. And then everything else is the low power process at TSMC. Um, and their whole deal was, you know, we get lower leakage at higher clocks, which is what the CPU tends to run at. Um, with LPG, but no one else has done that, and and you know obviously everyone else seems to be doing okay on power. Um, so I I don't know what Tiger Four is supposed to be.
2: Yeah, I it's kind of weird. We'll see. I mean, that's that's what you're we sort of alluding to is how our four A15s going to work in a phone. Yeah, I mean, I think for a tablet,
0: like I think they'll it'll be okay. Um, you know, just don't use the remaining two A15s as much. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, like, when are you going to, I don't know, like, I don't want to sound like you never, you don't need, we don't need more compute because we do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what, what tablet workload is going to, is really going to fire up four A15s?
0: Oh, actually, I do know what it is. Um typing in Word 2013.
2: <laughs> 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 okay, okay. <laughs> Which is just like a hilarious, I remember you were like, wow, I can't even type like autocorrect causes too much CPU load. Dude. It's the, it is the,
0: we've gone full circle. Like our, our mobile benchmarks got more and more complex and now it's just been reduced to, I fire up Word 2013 and hold the O key a bunch and look at CPU utilization. It's, it's the Crazy. easiest How did you choose the
2: O key? Does that consume the most bandwidth or the most CPU load?
0: No, I just kind of like seeing like a whole string of O across
2: the <laughs>
1: screen. You have to do multi-touch.
2: Uh, well, so. at
0: first what I was doing was I was just, Typing as fast as humanly possible, because I was like, "Well, I want, I want like legitimate content on the screen." Um, but then I realized that, hey, you no, know, it's it's the same workload, even if you just repeat the O key a lot. Um, it's it's is that's is, really bad?
1: Is, is isn't there scope for having voice recognition just to type in? Yeah, in, in the but, future, that would consume even more.
0: That's true. I but by then we'll have like faster hardware, right? This is just like, well, I, I mean, where way this came from was I was reviewing Surface, and I was writing the review on Surface, and I was noticing that certain things were taking a little bit of a, t- like, a, there was, like, lag, and certain things were taking a bit of time to respond. Now, they fixed the lag problem where I would type faster than Word could keep up, but I fired up Task Manager to just keep an eye on things. And then I noticed that when I was, like, bursting out, you know, a few sentences, CPU utilization was really
1: high. So 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 battery life is six hours on 1080 video, but two hours in Word. <laughs>
0: you know that's a good test. I need a uh, I need to write a Word macro to just like type Shakespeare over and over again, and see lorem ipsum uh,
2: or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and see what that does to battery. Oh, I don't need any more battery life tests. That'd be bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that just is really bad for the Word code base. Like, what does that say? I don't know. Um, I mean, eventually,
0: like the problem goes away, right? Like it's it,
1: it, it. depends whether it's a port or built from the ground up.
0: It happens uh, also on uh, on X eighty six though. Um, it doesn't happen as bad, but it's it's still high CPU utilization. Uh, it's whatever they're doing in the background. Um,
1: uh, I'm still on Word two thousand three,
0: so <laughs> yeah, twenty thirteen does that. Um, I do like twenty thirteen. I, I built all the graphs for the the last um, the power view in in twenty thirteen. Um oh and can I say that uh Office 2010 is terrible? The the Mac Office, like I just I think I'm done with that. Like I, I, I use Excel a lot. Um I, I'm not a fan of numbers. Um but I would rather run a VM under OS ten, boot into Windows 8, run Office 2013 there than run Excel 2010 under OS ten natively.
2: They must have some huge compatibility layer. Like I never used that Excel
0: Dude, it's terrible. Like, so, so the problem with the power data is that logger, that National Instruments box, records every 0.15 seconds, and some of my benchmarks are like a 15 minute run. So, you know, you produce like in some cases 12, fifteen thousand data points, and whatever. It's Excel, right? And I'm running on like Ivy Bridge. You know, there's like a billion and a half transistors of compute there. So churning churning through, like, 15,000 data points is not an issue, right? Ian does, like, way more intense stuff. but
1: yeah, Excel isn't useful for data sets. Um, what we used for our research graphs was a program called Origin, Origin 8. Yeah. It does... It outputs really nice-looking graphs. If you output an Excel graph, it looks like an Excel graph. That yeah, sense? that's why I can't stand it.
0: So, well, so the issue was, you know, I, I just... I wanted to look at the data as I was making it, right? So I pull it into Excel and I make the data. And, you know, the graph takes a little while to come up. But then if I tried to change anything on the graph, change the scale, change the labels, change the intervals, whatever. It's a complete redraw. Dude, and it's like a multi-minute process. But But... if I do the same thing in a VM that I've just dedicated two cores to running 2013 on Windows 8, under OS 10, it's instantaneous. Like, there's no issue there.
1: Yeah, uh wait. yeah, with, with the origin eight I was using, you know, million, two million data point sets. Not an issue. Just the way yeah. just the way that it was built. The software. You know
2: what I did for, for Ganesh is I gave him my matplotlib code. I've seen him use it, the one with like the two plots yeah. two vertical axes that are separate. Yeah. You should use that. He used that with his um that handles lots of stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's the um, uh, that that's going to be the next step because I, I can just automate it easily if you, I you know ju- ju- set up the data properly.
1: Ju- ju- try and use uh, Google Graphs API.
2: That's fun. Oh, their graphs are really pretty. That would be awesome, actually. The, the, yeah, they, the, they are really pretty.
1: The, the issue is that you're limited in length to how much data you can put in. Um, because uh, I want to uh,
2: mess with that now.
1: So uh, I I've built a PHP sort of database for all the results that I do so I can quickly look and analyze. But if I try and fit maybe 35 motherboards into the same graph using the API, it says, nope, too long, too many.
0: Ah, oh, interesting. So they,
1: they don't want you to pay money and then they'll do it, or it's just like too many? Uh, I think it's uh, U- URI length, especially when I'm trying to put in the names of all oh. the motherboards, it takes it on beyond like 2,000 characters or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I see, that's annoying. I uh, know. Uh, I would love to have like graphs like that that are live. You know, like HTML5 or JavaScript generated. Yeah. do they, they look don't... pretty.
1: Lots of people don't like JavaScript.
0: Yeah, the issue there is, you know, what what is, uh, on the How server do you link side.
1: to it? Well, not only that,
0: right? But on the server side, if you have, because some of our pages can have like six to ten graphs, right? And if you have, I don't cool. know, let's say yeah. like fifty thousand people hitting it at the same time, yeah. uh. All the be, JavaScript becomes a problem,
1: and you're gonna if you're gonna use Google Graphs, you're gonna hammer their API, and they're gonna ask for money. They want the monies.
0: They want the monies. Um, okay, that puts us at 152. I think that's a, a good length for our comeback podcast. Um, a bunch of us will be at CES next week. We're gonna try maybe to do a podcast from CES.
2: We um, should do it. I I'll bring. Are you bringing your blue video? It. I can bring. Um, well, mine's attached to my. Um... Mate oh yeah, no, never mind. Mate. You have something. Well, but you're so you're bringing a mic. I can bring one.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna try and do that. Um, no you, promises, because CES gets kind of crazy, but we will try.
1: Uh, you, you'll have the GoPro. See if you can video it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Are you sure you want to see like just exhausted us? You know, <laughs> like. um <laughs> Like everybody gets like four hours of sleep total per yeah. week. You know it's gonna be like yeah, I'm um, just kind of a zombie right now.
0: And we're gonna have whatever CES disease is brought this year, and
2: it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Oh, you should get a flu
1: shot. Did you do it? I got I, mine.
0: I didn't get a flu shot. Um,
1: it it makes me glad I'm not going. I guess.
0: Yeah. There's, I dude, I, I was telling Brian this. I know people who are sick now who will be at the show. Like they <laughs> they are actively <laughs> fighting disease today. <laughs> that. Were they be feverish
2: sh- and contagious? <laughs> yeah, we will be shaking
0: their hands um, in a few Great. days here. <laughs> get awesome. I that, remember, so maybe I do get some hand sanitizer. Ian's yeah. right. You remember the guy at MWC? I don't remember. I think we were at the Qualcomm booth or something. I saw him. Like, I was just looking at the crowd of people walking by. And he was a tall dude. He, like, looks up,
2: sneezes into the air, and then continues walking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you told me about that. No, and then every MWC I've been to, I get deathly ill. Dude, because it's, it's like, the guy sneezing into time. the air. <laughs> it's, it's terrible.
1: Is oh. this like Comic-Con where somebody's got mumps, but they just want to go anyway and infect everybody? Like, I'm just going anyways?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no, feel like this... this is a little better than that, right? Not quite as bad as PAX or Comic-Con, but literally the guy in barcelona sneezing into the air i was like this is why we get sick can you see
2: the particles <laughs> they were like silhouetted by like spotlights
1: uh, you, you... no every
2: time that i've been i get like i get like a fever like like actual <laughs> fever like one like i remember i had to break my fever in a bathtub like i was at that other hotel do you remember i was yes. like i am going to actually die like i need to just like go in the bathtub right now and then i got on the plane And I don't know how I managed to get, like, there was a stop in Geneva, and they had those IR cameras, like thermal cameras, (laughs) Yeah. you know? And I was like, I was totally feverish. Like, I was delirious. I was playing, (laughs) I remember playing Cut the Rope and just nothing else. Like, it was the complete trans, like, intercontinental flight playing Cut the Rope. Like, I don't remember any of the experience, anything except for going through those thermal cameras and, like, knowing, like, thinking they were going to get me. Yeah. And they must not work because I was totally feverish
0: yeah if you were going into taiwan they would have stopped you and sent you back
2: yeah like just get back on the plane
0: yeah they (laughs) dude though last time i was in taiwan well before this trip they had a little ticker talking about how they sent someone back like 10 days ago
2: (laughs) so it's like 10 days since instead of like five days since our last accident it's like 10 days (laughs) since we've sent somebody back across yeah, like, twelve-hour like, flight.
0: Uh, <laughs> we had a passenger that exhibited uh, flu-like symptoms and had a fever of this, and he was sent back. And I was like, "Oh, that's I guess wow. that's good."
1: <laughs> um, uh I, I Better I, not get sick this time. I've got a friend who went to E3 and uh, a flight with a lot of UK media were on it. And in the uh, passport control, they said over the tannoy, "Is everybody who's here for E3?" Go stand over there. Then they got like a bunch of twenty people together. They asked who has a media visa, and the ten people who didn't put their hands up got sent back. Oh wow! Wow! I don't even. That's what's a, random. What's a media visa? It's, <laughs> <I remember. it's,
2: laughs> this is it, like it, concentration
1: it, camp <laughs> stuff. What? Line up over there. Look, 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 last time I tried to get into the states for a couple of days for an event, um, I didn't come in with a visa, and they took me off to the side room. And interrogated me for 15 minutes, you know, confirming who I was, whether the fact that I was actually had a return ticket and had to verify it before they'd even let me in, and said, "Next time you must get a media visa." What the, what the hell is a
0: media visa?
1: <laughs> I've never. <laughs> i it's, it's, travelled it... internationally a lot, but I've never had to get a media visa. So, so t- Taiwan doesn't need one, but um, the US does. It's just so that they can double confirm that you're not a criminal or a terrorist. Yeah. Back, back in your own country first. Wow, well I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry on (laughs) behalf of
2: (laughs) (laughs) sorry you can't come. (laughs) I I mean like it's even even for us it's like you know, there's like no phones in the waiting area and it's just like everybody's doing their bureaucracy. Yeah. You know, I don't wanna get started on that. (laughs) But um Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not somehow like if I get a fever, I don't know how they'd let me through. Like I've seen I saw the thermal image. And I was like, "That is totally me." And it seems whiter than everybody else, but I'm not going to look at it to draw attention. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to continue walking. Did do, do, you do? Do you walk past customs with your hand over your face, not to look into their eyes?
2: No. Why would yeah. I? Why would
1: I do that? Uh, that no. Wait, wait, shady? Wait, wait. Whenever I walk past customs, I always think they're going to pull me over, so I try and make myself look as inconspicuous as possible, which makes me look very conspicuous, as if I'm you trying have to, to be like, something.
2: "Hey." How's it going, officer? You know, we like, girl. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I just I, have all these phones. You know, I'm innocent, but I was, for some reason, I always feel guilty when I walk past.
0: You know, I that used to be me, but I've had to travel so much lately that I think I just exude this, like, i i hate everything about what's happening right here look and <laughs> and i think like i don't get hassled anymore dude i don't i don't take anything out of my bag like they're just like pull out your liquids and no none of that half the time it's not even in a ziploc bag like it's just none of this none of really? what they're telling yeah they, and they don't bother me they're just like whatever they clearly this guy's under duress He's done like with
2: it. Just, yeah, <laughs> just let him go he's probably been flying for like 48 hours don't know how that's possible but yeah
0: it's it's I don't know I don't I don't get hassled anymore um it used to be I remember um when they made that stupid rule about how 11 inch notebooks were okay you didn't have to take them out but 13 inch and above you did and right. I remember like I would try to do that and then they'd be like sir you gotta take your notebook out and then I'd be like well no here's the TSA blog where it says that I don't and then, like, an argument would ensue. That doesn't happen anymore, right? Like, the only thing... I've had a TSA guy apologize to me because he had to rerun a bag since I had too many tablets that they were, like, occluding one another. He was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. They just... I couldn't see through there, so I'm just <laughs> gonna run this again and take them out for you. And I was like, oh, that's fine. No problem. Wow. Yeah, like, it's it's just... It's totally... I don't know. It's, it's 180.
2: I, I guess it's gotten better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they just want a good exposure of the, the stuff. I had yeah. one dude be like why do you have all the phones and i was like well i'm a reviewer and he was like that seems okay but it would probably be easier to review food and then he like stopped and like pantomimed like writing (laughs) i told you about this like it actually played out he pantomimed writing and then he was like i could be like eh i didn't really like it and then and then he was like like this phone i'd be like eh i didn't really like it (laughs) And that's like the origin of the eh, six out of 10, you know, like, <laughs> so this guy would just review everything like, eh, I didn't really like it. That's awesome. No, I've never had that cool of a
0: situation, but just, you know, in general, they, they, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I uh, kind of, I guess I have this look on my face now.
1: Uh, I'm pretty you sure. You don't want to be messed with. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd get stopped if I took uh, five or six motherboards through my hand luggage. Yeah, motherboards. Oh God.
0: That's a little different. That looks dangerous. You got some crazy
1: electronics in there.
0: (laughs) So we will be at CES this coming week. Um, Wish us luck. Um, Hope that we don't get sick. Um, And if we can, we will be podcasting uh, as much as we can from the show itself. Um, I want to thank you all for listening and uh, looking forward to a big year this year, man. A lot of stuff's going to happen. So stay tuned. Check out the site and uh, we'll be back as soon as we can on the podcast.